You could stand at half cut and rep better than these guys. Oh, smart down, and it's called for another foul. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafter. Sam and I are here recording on Friday, August 6th, and we are here with Michael Pina of Sports Illustrated. Uh, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Thanks yeah, for thank, us. You. thank you so much for taking the time. And I'll jump right into it. Um, Celtics obviously been super active in free agency. Does Ennis Cantor make them contenders? Do you, do you think that puts – no, I'm just kidding. But what, what's going on? Do you think – like, what's the plan right now, if you had to guess? Because Brad Stevens, obviously, uh, new in the front office role. He's made a couple trades, in fairness. Tristan Thompson one hasn't yet gone through. Uh, got Josh Richardson from the Mavericks for basically free, uh, a future second-round pick. Uh, and re-signed Dennis Cantor, who has now flip-flopped teams twice in a row now. So what do you think the plan is there for the Celtics moving forward? I mean, transparently, it's to maintain as much long-term financial flexibility as they possibly can. You know, they had, they entered the off season with, um, you know, their full med, full mid-level exception, non-taxpayer mm-hmm. and, uh, have not spent that yet. And one would think that that's because free agents out there want long-term deals and the Celtics are not willing to, offer a long-term deal. You can go up to three years, $30 million, about that much with the full mid-level. So that just tells me that um, they're trying to keep the the option, the window open next summer for signing um, someone who plays for the Washington Wizards <laughs> who can become a free agent then. And yep. this, I think that this is the, the home run scenario, the, the plan A. I'm sure they have a whole bunch of contingencies because that front office is really smart. Um, they got plan B's, plan C's, plan D's. Um, but that's that seems to be what they're doing right now. And, I mean, personally, when I look at it, I, I still think that this team is plenty, even with the Eastern Conference, beefing up a little bit, I would say. Um, I think this team should ex- expect to, you should expect this team to make the playoffs. Um, I would say their ceiling is still um a top i would say like four five three four five maybe as a ceiling for the group that we have and i speak like that just saying you know everything would have to go right you know that you'd have to have perfect health you'd have to have um al horford look terrific and he hasn't played professional basketball in a very long time you have to see leaps from all the young guys romeo neesmith peyton pritchard uh you'd have to see leaps from jalen brown still you'd have to you have jason tatum is like the the foremost reason why i'm so high on the celtics going forward and um he would have to be the a, a top three top four player in the eastern conference um, but I think all of that is technically possible. <laughs> so there's there's definitely some issues with this team, and I'm sure a lot of fans are very frustrated with their inactivity. Uh, but they're taking the the long road, and I think they're they're smart to to play it that way. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. I'm I'm glad somebody agrees with me. Especially you're not like a Celtics main beat guy. You know, you're more of the whole league. So I'm glad I'm glad that's the viewpoint from you. But 
Um, yeah, I agree. And a lot of people are frustrated on the Twitter timeline for sure. You know, oh, they're not making any free agency moves, blah, blah, blah. They don't, people aren't understanding that one, they don't have enough money as it is to really do anything that people would want to see. Um, two, they are planning gearing up for Bradley Beal next year. If they can land him, that'd be great for them. And three, they made moves before free agency. They brought in Josh Richardson for free. They give up Moses Brown. Fantastic. Uh, the Tristan Thompson thing is yet to go through. So they Brad is doing things. They brought in Horford, who's probably a better fit than Kemba, even though, like you say, he hasn't played basketball since, like, February. I mean, there are so many great things that have happened so far. Maybe not great, but good things. They've gotten maybe a little deeper, but <laughs> they're going to need to rely on the young guys a lot, meaning Neesmith, Pritchard, Langford. That's going to be where their success comes from. For sure. And I don't know how tuned in you are uh, to the Twitter timeline, but there's been a lot of people comparing the, jo- the Josh Richardson trade uh, to Jeff Teague. And I don't I don't think that's exactly the same thing. So can we get your, your thoughts on that sort of just like do you, do you think Richardson will be a good fit with the Celtics or do you see this falling apart in a, in a Teague-esque fashion? Because that, that's the direction most Celtics fans are going right now. And I, I don't personally understand it. Uh, no, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> okay. Those yeah. guys are not similar <laughs> basketball players. You know, I think Josh Richardson yeah. is coming up. First of all, I think that in general, um, the 2020-21 season is—it's just very difficult to judge players who um, had down years because of the circumstances in which the season was played. And I know Josh Richardson had COVID and had a bad bout with COVID. And so when you see someone fall out of a playoff rotation in Dallas like he did, I think there's a lot of different reasons for it. But two years ago, um, his last season in Miami, he was stupendous. I mean, he was arguably their lead pick-and-roll ball handler, um, an efficient player, can shoot spot-up threes, can create his own shot a little bit, can play make. So I think he'll and defend. Speaking of nothing about how um, impressive he is on the defensive end and how versatile he is on that side of the ball, like I mean, I look at Josh Richardson as a pretty key player on a team that doesn't have a traditional point guard. I think the playmaking responsibilities will fall on Tatum, on Jalen, on Marcus Smart, on uh, on Josh Richardson, frankly, and Al Horford as well. When you play through him at the elbows, which I anticipate that they will a little bit, assuming he's healthy. Also, Rob Williams is a pretty good passer, too. Um, so, no, I think Josh Richardson's really good. Um, Jeff Teague, you know, uh, <laughs> is a world champion. Shout out to him. Uh, but on no, the group I, project. I, on right. The group I, project. I, I, I just don't see the, the comparison there at all. Yeah. Listen, I'm just happy they didn't give anything up for him. When I when I saw the deal come through, I think me and Jack had the same thing. We really thought like they traded Marcus Smart for him, and yeah. you know I'm a that's my favorite player. And Jack's Jack's like on the fence about him sometimes, but he still loves him. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm very happy to see he's still here, and I'm excited to see him play point this year. I think he's he's gonna be all right at it. I think when he's looking to distribute, and not looking to take a bunch of shots, that's when he's at his best. Obviously. There's the issues where he's taking too many shots, he's chucking, whatever. But, you know, sometimes he'll step up for you anyways doing that. But he's got great vision. He's been probably the best playmaker on the team for a while. So hopefully he can fill the role. Do you, do you think he can be uh, a starting NBA point guard? Do you think Marcus Smart can like step up and do that for the Celtics? Or do you think there's going to be some some struggles off the gate? 
I'm not that concerned, to be honest. Um, I think his passing, his vision, particularly out of the pick and roll, has been a little um, overlooked for whatever reason throughout his career. Um, He came into the NBA as a point guard. Uh, He has those skills. He has those tools. And, you know, he's played that role, frankly, for lengthy stretches throughout his tenure with the Celtics. I, it just it it, it kind of just it, it confuses me, frankly. Um, I think that, you know, his decision making is can be questionable. Um, I personally forgive it because of everything that he brings to the table in the hustle department on defense his intelligence and transition is is like incredible um, on both ends. So I, I forgive some of the the chucking a little bit, especially when he's not making them as he he was unable to last season. But again, I I, I check a lot of um, or I dismiss a lot of what happened last year personally, um, maybe to my own detriment and my own uh, naivety. But um, but no, I think that smart is. Uh, you can start the season with him as the point guard and not crumble, particularly with all the other players on the team who've made strides as playmakers with the ball in their hands. And I think that someone like Tatum is going to be drawing double teams regularly. And um, he's grown in that area, how to get off the ball quickly. Jalen made a massive jump as a playmaker last season. Um, He had tunnel vision throughout his entire career up until last season. Um, and I just think that there's release valves up and down the roster, and you have a lot of really good passers, and I think that Ime um, Udoka has, I mean, in his introductory press conference, he called out Brad Stevens for um, <laughs> the assist rate of the team last year, and I think that passing and selflessness will be key. So it's really not about, in, position, in this positionless NBA, it's really not about like, okay, we need the point guard to set everybody up and orchestrate an offense. It's much more random than that. And when you have guys who can draw to, who can get off it, who understand how to read the defense and know where help is coming from, uh, it just makes it easier on everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad they brought out Horford back in that respect because I think, like you mentioned, Robert Williams is a good passer too, but I think Al will definitely help you know, Robert Williams improve as a passer. And yeah, like you said, when you have players like that, uh, who can pass the ball? It makes life a lot easier for the point guard. I think Tatum what, uh, developed his playmaking mm-hmm. super well last year too. He was like third on the team in assists, which was uh, gone went unnoticed for a while there too. But uh, yeah, I- I'm excited to see Marcus run the point. I think he he came into the league as a point guard, so I don't I don't think there's much question that he can do it again. But uh, I do want to talk about Ennis Cantor because I think it. <laughs> Made a lot of Celtics fans a little bit sad to see him back. It's impossible to hate Cantor as a person, right? He, he's a great locker room guy, great energy, super funny, super great dude uh, from what it seems. But just you, you question the fit on the Celtics, especially because you got Al Horford, you got uh, Robert Williams, you have Grant Williams, who I, I saw you tweeted a, a gif of the other day, and I, I wanted to say I am the biggest Grant Williams fan in the world, so I really appreciated that. Um, but the Ennis Cantor signing confused me a little bit. I think it confused most people. Is there any sense you can make of it? Is it just as simple as having, you know, depth at center? Or is it just the locker room presence? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think there's a comfort level in a guy who's been in the system before um, when the Celtics went to the conference finals. I think that there's really no downside to this deal. I believe, I don't, I don't know if it's been reported. Maybe you guys can inform me. I believe it's a vet men one year. Yeah. So I don't. 
like you know that's just a roster spot and not really a costly one so you know if rob williams who gets injured frequently if al horford who's old and could get injured um that's just you slide in in his canter and he knows more or less how to be himself i guess is the nice way to put it that's like the 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 the, the, the nicest thing I can say um, defensively, obviously you have your issues and offensively he helps you out and he can pound people on the offensive glass. And I think he had an okay regular season with Portland last year. The playoffs was a different story, but look, if you're depending on Ennis Cantor in the postseason, then you have bigger problems. So um, I'm, I'm fine with this. I mean, personally, I think I want the Celtics to get a stretch four. Um, and maybe someone who can actually put it on the deck and defend a little bit. So, like, I would have been more excited if Paul Millsap took that contract, um, someone like that, uh, someone cheap who can who can stretch and uh, um, add a little bit more offensive flexibility and not be a total sieve on the defensive end. But um, we'll see. Maybe they, you know, Jabari Parker's deal is non-guaranteed, and as you said earlier, the Tristan Thompson transaction is uh, not completed so there could be more movement there but no i mean to answer your question i'm not really sweating the canter signing i think that that's fine value yeah i mean he once you traded moses brown you really did need to bring in and thompson who's going on on his way out too but moses was going to be the third guy injury insurance and they needed to bring someone else in so canter's a good guy he knows tatum brown marcus the the core group they all seem to get along last year when they came to the guard and everybody gave him like jerseys and stuff so he's well like doesn't hurt the locker room at all so yeah i mean fine to have him back he's a funny guy talks trash doesn't like lebron my kind of guy <laughs> sam's a noted lebron hater not a big lebron guy <laughs> Um, so Celtics have a couple roster spots left. Like you said, they filled can't, uh, one with Cantor. Uh, Sam, I know you're telling me they have one or two left. I believe there's a two way and then a, a guaranteed roster. Yeah, spot left. I right? think they have 13 players on the roster okay. after this Thompson trade was to go through one contract is fully guaranteed that they can offer and the other one's two way. Awesome. All right. So obviously we're getting down to players who likely won't touch the floor, like insurance guys, you know, you got, uh, Romeo Lankford, Carson Edwards are up there. Maybe they can jump them in the rotation if you wanted. But uh, Celtics do have Yamadar coming in for Summer League. They just drafted, I'm going to butcher the name, Juan Begarin. I can't. Ho- hopefully that's close to correct. I, I would have done. Uh, but he's, I would have said the French guy that over. averaged four points in the French League. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little harsh. Uh, but they also have some you know, free agents out there. I've been screaming James Ennis since the start of free agency, and I still think they, they could possibly pull that off. But um, do you, what do you think they need for this last spot? Do you think there's anything, you know, crucial? I know you mentioned, you know, a four that can uh, play defense and stretch the floor. Is that what you would go for if you're Brad Stevens, or would you just, you know, find someone, a veteran who can help in the locker room? Yeah. I mean, in terms of fit, that's the positional need that I think, I mean, you know, Grant Williams shooting is come and go. I like his defensive versatility. I think Celtics fans are generally too harsh on him. Um, but Thank I want some <laughs> I, I want some more accurate and consistent shooting. And there's a difference between, you know, just looking at the numbers. And if somebody shoots, you know, 35 percent, but nobody's guarding them, then it doesn't really improve your offense. If you can actually have some gravity, that's a different story. Um 
there's a couple guys out there still who um, are just like real buy low. Like, I don't know if they're going to be affordable or not. And then one of the names I'm thinking about off the top of my head is Justice Winslow. And it's just like, okay, here is this. He's not going to stretch. I don't know how he would fit in the rotation, frankly. But he's like he's had moments in his career. It didn't work out in Memphis, but he's had moments in his career where, I mean, he just looks great. And so he's still young. Um, If you can sell him on, hey, maybe this is a position where you can rehabilitate your career a little bit and then hit the market. I I like Justice Winslow. I like that type of signing wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, and then you know they have a couple smaller trade exceptions that they can explore. And one name that is probably too granular here, but um, if all goes wrong with the Indiana Pacers, which it it could um, this season, Justin Holiday fits into one of the trade exceptions, and that's just like a really nice piece to have. Um, when you go into the playoffs and you need depth on the wing. So yeah, I hope I answered your question there, but like get me a stretch for, I wish they could get Bobby Portis, honestly, but that was just never going to happen. That'd but that's my guy. And that would have <laughs> been fun. For sure. Oh, I'm, I'm dying for Isaiah Thomas, even though it doesn't make uh. a whole lot of sense. I mean, if you're not going to use the spot, you know, like it's just going to be somebody on the bench. Like, let them come back and play. Get everybody <laughs> excited. Get And Carson Edwards needs to not be on the team anymore. Like, need, they need to find a way to get him off the team. And uh. just just for his sake, because he could definitely go somewhere that's like not a team that's any good and re revitalize his career. Because yeah. he's he's definitely has potential. So, like, he could definitely score. He just needs more of like a flexible role where he can have more of a green light and more room for error. Like if he's on the bench for the Celtics, like they don't want him chucking. Like they don't want him to be <laughs> green light Carson, but green I mean, justice Carson. Winslow sounds good to me. Obviously, like yeah. you said, Memphis didn't work, but in Miami, he had some good moments. So absolutely size, a little bit of playmaking, like fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. All Celtics fans are, are just pining for Isaiah Thomas. It's I, kind of thing I got the green glasses on, man. <laughs> Mark Stein, he he really lit. I know. Place once again, that's brutal. He, <laughs> he knew what he was really doing. Sent us down a dark path there, but uh, yeah. Even breaking away from the Celtics a little bit because you cover the whole NBA, so I kind of want your opinion on this. There's a lot of good free agents still out there, and not a lot of money left around the league, right? You got Reggie Jackson, Dennis Schroeder, who apparently thinks he needs a billion dollars, but anyways, uh, Kawhi Leonard technically still isn't signed, but I'm, I'm assuming that's formality, but Reggie Jackson, Dennis Schroeder, Josh Hart still, Laurie Markkinen, Paul Millsap, like you mentioned, all of these guys realistically, maybe outside of Millsap because of uh, the age, could have gotten $10 million, you, you would have thought, but now there's no cap space left around the league. What do you think is going to happen with these guys? Do you think they'll have to settle for minimum deals? Do you think they'll get exceptions? Do you think they'll do uh, one-and-done deals like you kind of mentioned with Winslow and hit the market again next year? Like, who, What's going on there with some of these players? Yeah, I think a lot of those names are in different situations. Um, you know, someone like Dennis Schroeder, I, I honestly have no idea – where he's going to go. Um, there's a few teams out there that, you know, still have their full, either a full mid-level or a taxpayer mid-level that they haven't spent yet. Um, there's uh, the fact that the Lakers still own his bird rights and uh, a sign and trade could be possible there, um, which opens up the, the potential uh, trade partners and destinations for Schroeder. Um 
you know, Lowry Markinen just said earlier today that he wants out of Chicago. And I'm like, okay, you should have gone to San Antonio and just <laughs> kind of, I don't know how much money they were willing to offer. And it's reported that they were not willing to offer what he wanted, which is why they had to pivot and send Thad Young in that center trade for DeMar DeRozan instead. But, you know, Lowry, if Lowry's, I, like, I honestly have no idea where he's going to go either because, <laughs> uh, you know, I would not in, make a huge investment with him. That's someone who, mm-hmm. if he was realistic um, and reasonable, taking a one year with the Celtics, that would be absolutely perfect in my eyes for him. And then he can hit I'd the market that. again. Um, just take that one year mid-level and hope, I mean, I guess you figure something out with Chicago cause technically he's still restricted. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I anticipate Kawhi Leonard going back to the Clippers. I anticipate Reggie Jackson going back to the Clippers mm-hmm. and, you know, I would actually be kind of surprised if Paul Millsap left Denver, frankly. Um, he seems to like it there and, uh, they've had a lot of success together, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there's still some names. There's not a lot of opportunities for some of these players. You could also see, you know, any of them do exactly what Victor Oladipo did, which is just, you know, resign with the bird rights, um, yeah. rehabilitate yourself and, and hit the market next year. And next year's market is very thin on top tier talent. So, um, that could work out for some players who did not strike gold this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, any of those guys you mentioned, uh, I'd love to see take a one-year ability with the Celtics. I'm talking Reggie Jackson, Laurie Markkinen, even Josh Hart, I think would be great if they could Josh Hart would be fantastic. That, that, I, that might I, be I, the number one prize for them right now. Yeah. Like, if you could pick one of those guys, that's the definitely pipe dream. the one you want. Yeah, For sure. The pipe dream. I, I still don't know what New Orleans is doing. I never know what New Orleans is doing. It doesn't make any sense to me. I've said, I think I've talked about the Pelicans on the last three shows, and this is a Celtics podcast. So that should tell you how confused I am. Because, number one, why give up on Lonzo Ball? Number one, why give up on Lonzo Ball just to bring in Devontae Graham because you couldn't get Kyle Lowry, which I, I just think was never going to happen in, in a million years. And then I, I like the Valanciunas trade. But the fact that you extended Steven Adams just to have to trade down seven spots to get off his contract. And now Josh Hart, I don't know if he's going to end up back there, but it doesn't seem like he wants to go back. And I don't know if they're too, you know, I don't even know the word for it. They don't want him back themselves. Do you, what is going on there uh, with the Pelicans? Do you have any idea? Like, what's the reasoning with Lonzo Ball? <laughs> they, like, do you, can you answer any of these questions that I've been asking? Uh, no, I can't. I'm sorry. Um, I don't, I don't really understand a lot of it either. Uh, there's a reason why when someone is uh, coming off their rookie scale deal, they're restricted. You're supposed to have their rights and they're, you're supposed to control them. That's how the CBA kind of (laughs) works. And, um, the Pelicans doing Lonzo a favor like that and conversely doing clutch a favor like that. Um, I don't know. There's gotta be a reason for it in David Griffin's mind, but I thought Lonzo was a really good fit for them. And, at that money would be f- that's perfectly fine that's a tradable deal that's uh, and he is on Zion's timeline and frankly every single thing that you do should be to accentuate Zion Williamson so i understand why you trade Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe and get off that sa- those salaries to get Valanciunas i still don't like the Valanciunas fit at all and like are you going to just lose him for nothing in free agency next summer or <laughs> what like 
So I don't know, man. Um, they're throwing first round picks around. They have a ton of them, granted, but giving one to the Charlotte Hornets for Devontae Graham just is uh, mind blowing, <laughs> frankly. Um, but you know, this is just like Zion. Hopefully, he wants to be with the team up with his uh, Duke brother, Jason Tatum, in Boston at some point. I don't know. Like I, it's like it's it's just not it's just not looking good right now in New Orleans. Yeah, he's already he already wants to leave. He's already complained. <laughs> I mean, to, he's played like a season and a half, and he wants to leave. Not that they've really done anything like we we just discussed, but like it's wild. Player Ben Simmons. What do you say? He doesn't want to go to uh, Portland or Toronto. Like he has a choice. Like you have four de- four years left on your deal. Philly can trade you to Real Madrid if they want to. Like <laughs> deal with it. Like I, players like in the trades, like they don't understand. Like it's like they don't understand how trades work. Like you're not signing a contract. You've already signed it. Like they can trade you wherever they want, unless you have a no trade clause. Sam's a big uh, advocate for teams just trading. I don't know if you call them ungrateful players, but GM, man. He, he, he would trade to, the like Detroit. I, I don't know why, because they got nothing for Brooklyn. They they got nothing. All the good pieces went elsewhere. They got nothing for Harden, and they let him go where he wanted after he was a, like an asshole, like ran himself out of town. Yeah. Ben Simmons chokes in the playoffs, doesn't dunk the ball, passes to Tybalt. Really cost him the series in a lot of people's eyes, and he's like, Trying to no, tell no. them where he's going to get traded. Like, you should be happy anyone wants to have you on their team. <laughs> do, you, do you have any Ben Simmons predictions? Do you think he'll end up in Golden State? Do you think he'll stay in Philly for next season until the deadline? Or w- what's going on there? Um, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little confused. Uh, <laughs> there were reports um, right around the draft that Simmons and Rich Paul were in step with um, – Philadelphia in trading him and then there are the reports that you just referenced where the relationship with Joel Embiid is um not able to recover um you know reports like that happen all the time like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were fine after everything that happened before the bubble um I don't like if if Daryl Morey's asking price remains the sun and the moon and <laughs> it's just going to be really difficult to move him. Um, if he backs off and realizes after canvassing the league that he's not going to get an all-star caliber player back, um, let alone four first round draft picks, then we should see a move. I still think that a move is um, more likely than not, but the trade partners are few and far between because you got to look at it like and this has been said before but if ben simmons was a free agent right now would he get a four-year max from any team in the nba maybe but um i don't know if any of those teams have the the pieces that philadelphia wants so it's just really complicated right now and it's a long time before next season begins, and I'd still be surprised if he was in Philadelphia when training camp opens. Yeah, I, I heard he's not returning in Embiid's calls. Did you see that? Do you guys yeah. see that? I saw that report. That's it, crazy because Embiid was like, wild. like shitting on him in the press conferences after the <laughs> conference semifinals, and like he's trying to make amends, and now the guy won't pick up the phone. 
Like, I don't know. That's Ben yeah, Simmons is trying to be enigma. the bigger man. I don't saying? get Ben Simmons. He's an enigma to he's me. He's weird. I, I don't get it at all. I just don't understand Ben Simmons. Uh, uh, but I mean, hey, Daryl Morey brought in Andre Drummond, so I'm, I'm sure yeah, they got him he's help. ecstatic with that. Uh, that video was hilarious of him, you know, dapping him up and. You could see the pain in Joel Embiid's eyes that John Drummond was going to be a Sixer. But, uh, hey, as a Celtics fan, it it couldn't make me happier. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to come back to this as well since we're on the topic of, you know, the Sixers' Eastern Conference teams. You mentioned that the Eastern Conference beefed up a little bit. Obviously, the Bulls got a little bit more firepower. They gave Andre Drummond a huge – I'm sorry, DeMar DeRozan a huge contract. Uh, Lonzo Ball, too. That was a great signing. Alex Caruso. Uh, going to Chicago as well. Miami Heat obviously made a, a few big signings. P.J. Tucker's uh, huge, taking him away from Milwaukee. Kyle Lowry, obviously. Markeith Morris. Uh, the Nets got Patty Mills because why the hell not? Uh, so what do you see as kind of the pathway through the East this year? Do you think it is through the Nets still? Do you think the Bucks have that top spot? Do you think the Heat can make a case? Like, What do you think the East is going to shape out uh, by the end of the season? Yeah, I think that the Nets would have won the title if they didn't have a string of bad luck with mm-hmm. injuries to their two of their three best players. Um, and they got significant – well, they didn't get worse. I'll say that. And yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, you are able to reta- – I thought they would lose – typically what happens is like the richer – the rich don't get richer like that. Um but Unfortunately. they were able to retain Blake Griffin on a one-year veteran minimum deal, which is just, like, kind of laughable <laughs> to me. Um, uh, Bruce Brown, this was, like, an opportunity for someone to give him a big offer sheet, and he signs for the QO, which is just, like, I, I mean, you know, he, he is positioned now to hit unrestricted free agency next summer, and the Nets are probably going to win the championship, so he'll get paid. One would think, but that's still he still gave up money this time around. Um, and then Patty Mills took, uh, a, you know, not a significant pay cut, but I think he could have gotten more from another team out there. Um, so he gets the te- t- gets the taxpayer two years, 12 million, I believe, from Brooklyn. I mean, they just have like a really good bench. And um, even without Kyrie and Harden, who I, I just don't think Harden played. I don't really consider anything that he did after he injured his hamstring to be J- the James Harden that they expect to have. Um, but even with all that, they like lost by an inch to the eventual champions in a series that Joe Harris just did not look like Joe Harris at all. Um, anyone who knows how good Joe Harris is, that was a terrible series by him. Um, so like Joe Harris is back. Katie's the best player in the world. Um, (laughs) Harden was the MVP of the NBA for like two months last year. Uh, Kyrie Irving is a ridiculous talent. So like, yeah, I, I don't see the Nets losing. I would be pretty surprised, frankly, if they did. I, I really like what Miami did though. And, um, I love, uh, uh, just a defensive versatility and the toughness that they'll have and uh, a lineup with P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and I don't know who the other guy would be, but Duncan Oladipo or Tyler Hero. If, hey, if Oladipo's if he healthy, healthy, then that changes everything, but I'm not banking on that. Um, yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I like that 
you know, I like the I like teams that go for it when it doesn't seem like they can possibly win. So, you know, if there is another injury to a key player in Brooklyn, Miami could be there in a series and, and really push them. Um, Milwaukee's ownership got real cheap and didn't want to pay PJ Tucker after <laughs> Bobby Portis took a pay cut, which is insulting. Uh, so I would be a little bit surprised if they um, all, uh, you know, all due respect to them. They're the defending champions. I would be a little bit surprised if they um, won two in a row. That's not my expectation. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like Chicago is, a. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year. I think they'll make the playoffs this yeah. year. <laughs> and then you have, I guess, like the Knicks are a team. I'm not high on the Knicks at all. And hey! um, Sam hates the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> he hates the Knicks. Um, <laughs> oh. I mean, you know, they basically have the Celtics backcourt <laughs> from last season. <laughs> they stole, and, stole it right out yeah, of the And like, you know, I think that I'm not going to say anything bad about Kemba. If Kemba's healthy, then that's a humongous signing, eight million dollars a year for two years. That's like that's a great deal. Um, and but I'm just like generally not high on them at all. So I mean that's like the East for you. Uh, I'm trying to think if there anybody else like Toronto. Made a move, but like ah, yeah, these are just like these are really plucky playoff teams. So yeah, yeah. and I would put a lot of them in the same tier as the Celtics. Frankly, um, Atlanta is another one. Mm-hmm. Just went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I really like Atlanta, and if DeAndre Hunter's healthy, if Cam Reddish is healthy, um, they'll be really good. Young is a, he's a superstar. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> I uh, back with the Clippers. Yeah, Reggie Jackson just signed back. Oh, just now. Yeah. Well, so wrong. you were right. Two years, twenty two. Nailed it. You called it. You called it. I did. Yes. I mean, there you go. Check this out. Two years, twenty two. Yeah, but um, oh. yeah, I agree with most of the stuff you said in the East. Uh, Jackson does return to the Clippers, and I mean, I guess that's a good segue to just talk about the West a little bit since it's right there in front of us. Uh, talking about the rich getting richer, the Lakers just completely signed everybody. Ran ran away with free agency, right? You're talking about oh, they're too old, they need some young guys, and they're like, nope, we're gonna sign Malik Monk for no money, and then get Kendrick Nunn too because why the hell not? It's that that was maybe the most egregious thing I'd seen all offseason is Malik Monk signing for a minimum and then Kendrick Nunn signing for what he did with the Lakers uh, on top of Carmelo Anthony, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza, Dwight. Like, that that's ridiculous to me because now they have all those players. They retain Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, like you mentioned, they'll probably still keep Dennis Schroeder around uh, if he can't find another offer, which he's probably not going to for the money he's asking. So do the nets win that series or do the lakers win that series and you don't have to give me an exact answer but like just how do those two teams stack up because realistically that's that's going to be the finals right like because as of now you think so if everything stands right now i don't see a team beating the lakers in the west sure hope not say i know sam doesn't like it but that's just my opinion worst case scenario i'm not i'm not that i mean i'm not gonna say i'm low on the lakers the shooting Um, is the issue there obviously but well, I just think, like, Anthony Davis is not going to play the five. So mm-hmm. your identity was defense because of that. And mm-hmm. you tried to balance things out, and your your offense has not been in the top ten since LeBron's been there. It's just, like, it's just a fact. And they were 23rd, I think, last year. So you get all these guys who can shoot, and a lot of them are over the hill. And 
I do think that the Malik Monk signing was um, pretty good value there, and it seems like <laughs> he uh, had greater offers out there. But in the playoffs, none of these guys can defend. Maybe Kent Bazemore. Um, but, like, the way I look at it is, okay, if you're in a series against the um, the Phoenix Suns or a series against the Utah Jazz or a series against the Golden State Warriors, like, who's guarding Steph? Who's guarding Devin Booker? Who's guarding Chris Paul? Who's guarding Donovan Mitchell? Um, I just think that they could get, sh- like, absolutely shredded. And um, I don't know what their closing five is. LeBron's going to be 37. AD is, um, we saw what he's really capable of in the bubble, but, you know, a lot of that success was on what may be unsustainable mid-range shooting. So, like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just not as high on the Lakers as a lot of people. And I look at some of these other teams out here. I like Utah. Uh, I, you know, I got to respect Phoenix for sure. They're basically bringing it back. And um, I like the JaVale McGee signing. Um, I think Devin Booker will be even better. I think DeAndre Aiden will be even better. And the Warriors are fascinating to me because if Clay Thompson looks like Clay Thompson, they just signed Iguodala back. They signed Otto Porter. If Otto Porter is healthy, then you have... um, these lineups that are like, these are the players that the Lakers need. They needed Andre Iguodala. They needed Otto Porter. They needed guys who have size. They need Rudy Gay. They needed size and shooting and defensive versatility. And so like the Warriors are a trade. I feel a trade away to me from being just the prohibitive favorite almost. Assuming Clay Thompson looks like, (laughs) <laughs> not not even anything that dramatic, honestly. Just like, yeah. I don't know what these three, you know, Wiseman, Moody, and um, Kaminga, like, um, are you willing to get off one of those? Are you willing to package picks to get a, another impact player more in his prime? And I don't know who that is. But I I don't know. Like, I, I don't think that the Lakers are prohibitive favorites in the Western Conference, as a lot of people seem to believe. Yeah, I agree. I think people overlook the Warriors like so much just because they since Durant left, like they just haven't been healthy and they haven't been relevant because of that. And like you're going to have Thompson back. Like you said, Curry had an incredible season last year. They had a good free agency. They have draft picks that they have all these young guys like they're set up to be good for a long time. And I'm pumped because that's my Western Conference team. They've kept LeBron from winning before. I hope they continue to do it. Um <laughs> Those are my guys, man. I, I hope they do well. Uh, maybe it's just because I've seen LeBron dominate at a level. And obviously last year, injuries, you can say whatever. I, I don't know. I, I have faith in the Lakers as much as I don't want to because I don't necessarily like them either as a Celtics fan. But I, I just see too much talent in in one place, especially because Kawhi's hurt. And yeah, obviously the, the Warriors have Steph. They have Clay, They have Draymond. They have a good team. But you got... Russ, AD, LeBron, and then I still don't mind their bench pieces. Trevor Ariza was a good signing. Like you mentioned, Kent Bazemore can defend a little bit. Kendrick Nunn's going to bring that shooting. Same thing with Malik Monk. If Malik Monk can shoot off the catch like he did with the Hornets last year, I think they'll have a, a great piece there off the bench. Or I've seen people saying he should start, but I don't necessarily agree with that. But yeah, I just think they're the team to beat right now. Um, 
the Warriors obviously ha- have a fair argument, but I don't know. That's just where my head's at. But uh, yeah, past that, uh, I know Sam had a few questions to ask you uh, that he always asks when we have a new guest on the show. And then after that, we can start to wrap up. So Sam, I'll let you take the reins. Yeah, so every time we have a new guest, I kind of run through just uh, quick fire like NBA fan questions. Um, usually they're Celtics based, but since you cover the whole league, we'll, we'll widen it a bit. Do you have um, a favorite team? Like, yeah, what do you team have a favorite you grow team? Grow up, up supporting. Um, yeah, I grew up in Boston, so oh, oh, wow, fantastic! I didn't even know that. All right, yeah, well, there we go. Oh, even <laughs> perfect. <That makes laughs> Sorry, easier. I had no idea. So uh, do you have a favorite piece of, I guess we can say Celtics memorabilia, uh, you know, could be jersey, autograph, uh, ticket stub, anything like that, and what's the story behind it? Um, well, I have a bunch of stuff, but my wife gave me a um, a Celtics jersey with my last name on it for our wedding, on our wedding night. And that's pretty cool. Uh, number one, um, right. Celtics jersey. And um, I'm trying to think of like other stuff that I, I have a ton of stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that comes to my head. All right, right now. That's pretty cool, especially the significance of the wedding. So like it ties in. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um. So the next thing is is um. Do you have a favorite moment uh, that's not a championship of being a fan? So, like, a lot of people tell us uh, the Marcus Smart taking two charges on Harden. That's a popular one. Um, Isaiah Thomas scoring 52 against the Wizards. Things like that. Do you have a favorite game moment like that? Like all time? Yeah, all time. ever. Huh. Man. (laughs) Um... When, huh, man, my my brain is spinning. When Ray Allen cooked Sasha in what was that game three or game four of the two thousand eight finals, um, the comeback game, um, yep. that was incredible. Um, in person attending. Uh, game two of the second round series between the um, Celtics and the Wizards a couple years back. When... Oh, so you were there for that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I covered the team, so I went to um, every home game for the 2016-17 season. And it was, uh, I think he dropped, what did he drop, like 53, 53. I think? Uh, that was like the loudest I've ever, I've been to so many Celtics games. Um, that was the loudest I've ever seen or heard the garden in my life. That was a very (laughs) emotional night and that was an awesome game. Um, went into overtime. Um, what else? I mean, I could go like on and on and on. Go Uh, ahead. Rondo's 44 point game in game two of the Mm -hmm. 2013 Eastern conference finals when Wade smacked him on the head and it went uncalled and they should have won that game. (laughs) Um, didn't get any sleep that night. Um, uh, I mean, a lot of the game, like, because they only won one title in that era, there's like a lot of really great moments that, um, just are like overshadowed by sadness. So, uh, (laughs) they kind of have been blocked out of my brain. Um, 
man, there's so many good ones. Uh, like anything that KG did. Uh, Rondo's triple-double down 2-1 in the 2008 conference semifinals against the Cavs, which was like one of the greatest games like in Celtics history, in my opinion, that no one really talks about. Uh, Rondo's also my favorite player of all time, so I have like Great hundreds choice. of Rondo things that I could talk about. Um yeah, I'm like boring everyone right now, so I'm no, gonna stop. No, no. But... Not in the slightest. Uh, <laughs> See, I, I was killing for Rondo to get back on this team. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, I think last season I wanted them to sign him. I was you like, oh, a, a, Thompson, a Thompson, a Thompson Rondo, Rondo trade. swap <laughs> would have been great for me. Um, you mentioned Dwayne Wade. Is Dwayne Wade a dirty player? Yes or no? I think he's a dirty player. Or was it? Was uh, uh, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say he's a dirty player. Uh, he's had some <laughs> moments in his career for sure, but a lot of super talented Hall of Fame players have. Um, he's had some moments, but I'm not gonna say he's a dirty player. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the next one usually is what was the best thing you see in person, but you beat us to the punch on that, which is fine. Um, I think the next one, Jack, is yours. The jersey. Yeah, one. but I think he covered I that too. I that. usually yeah. ask, "What's your favorite Celtics jersey?" Do you have, you know, obviously aside from the one with your name on it, I guess we can go with because I'm a I'm a big jersey guy. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the facilities to get the real one, so uh, I'm a big China jersey guy. But that's just the way it goes sometimes. But do you have a favorite Celtics jersey or even you know a- NBA jersey in general that you have? I'm not a huge. I used to be a huge jersey guy. I'm not so much anymore just because I don't, like, wear them. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, I have a T-shirt jersey. The only T-shirt jersey I have right now is Kawhi Leonard on the Spurs, which I still wear proudly (laughs) because I love that era of his career, and he's the man. Um, Ryan Gums. I don't know if you guys know Ryan Gums. He's my cousin, so I have a Ryan Gums. He did. He went to Providence. Um, he's my cousin, so I have a Ryan Gums Celtics jersey, and he played a not significant, but he was in the KG trade. So shout out to him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it with regards to to jerseys that I own currently. I had a Kyrie T-shirt jersey, and I got rid of it. Well, that, that's the right Love decision. It. Love it. Jack has jerseys from every team. He has the yeah, I do. I do he have a lot of jerseys. all the guys on the current team last year. Really? I, I I stopped at the deadline because I, I I realized it was slowly just bleeding like even the China ones was just bleeding my already small bank account away so I had to I had to put an end to it but I I got a Teague jersey and a Poirier jersey so that should tell you the extent to which I went to get the That's, entire roster but <laughs> was it was it the France French national team or was it <laughs> no no it was actually the extremely ugly golden green shamrock jerseys from last year so. Uh, oh yeah, those are disgusting. Yeah, it's not not great, but no, I have uh, every player from that team last year, every team player from two years ago, maybe most of the players from last year, and I have a jersey for every NBA team, including the Sonics and the Vancouver Grizzlies. So it's That's very it's impressive. Pr- pretty wide array, yes. Not none of them are real, so I, I will say before I get too much praise, none of them. Not, oh, I have one real jersey, and it is an Isaiah Thomas jersey that no longer fits me, but. Uh, that's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, that, that's everything I had that I wanted to bring up. Uh, I feel like an asshole for not asking you, knowing that you're a Boston guy. Yeah, I, I feel so, so blindsided, but uh, I'm glad it, it worked out the way it did. And I appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for 
coming on the show today. Absolutely, guys. This was fun. Appreciate you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you can look past uh, us <laughs> not realizing. I think, I think the worst one we had is when I, I told Steve Bullpit, like, or I said, like, he had only been doing it for, like, 10 years. Yeah, that like, was his, hilarious. His bio on Twitter, like, confused <laughs> me, so I didn't want to get it wrong. So I just went by, oh, like, he's been covering the team for, like, 10 years. He was like, what did you say? <laughs> Yeah, no, he yeah he's he, he covered the team for a he's very a very long time. I don't think we felt like more more of a clown than in that moment. So I'll uh, take that one. That was all me. That was not Jack. <laughs> that was me. I was. You know, no, to... I should have known something too. That, that was that was a not not a not a bright Before spot. Before you go, you mentioned the uh, the ugly the shamrock. Uh, you know the the Irish font jerseys. Are are you okay with the amount of jerseys they wear now? Because I'm not. That that is a big. Sam's a big I home white. I think big the traditional jerseys. I like the ones they released for this year, though. The 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 uh, seventy five year anniversary NBA ones look fine, but they have too many jerseys. The the recycling jerseys from last year, I cannot believe that those were a thing. The the ones they got at the end of the season, the dark green. Oh <laughs> god. Um, I Sam, you're quite the traditionalist. Um, I am. I'm very. <laughs> you can notice. I, I don't mind too. I mean, I I get it. I get the uh, the need to sell stuff. That is why the league exists, yep. and why the league is so um, so popular and a billion dollar entity. So you know, churn through as many jerseys as you want, uh, make your money, whatever. Uh, just let the basketball be good. That's really all I care about. Okay. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, uh, yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you can look past our ignorance a little bit, <laughs> knowing some of the details. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much. You guys can follow us uh, at Bannertown USA. You can follow me at Jackson NBA. You can follow Michael at Michael Pina on Twitter. Uh, and, yeah, per usual, Sam, go ahead and wrap us up. Yeah, go around. Make all the follows if you don't already. Mike was a great time, great interview. Had a good time today. Um, you can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. I think that's all, man. That's our show for today. Bye.